Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, welcome back to another new episode of Unit Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host, and we have part two of kind of debunking these words that have been overused or oversimplified or overgeneralized or just gotten the wrong idea in common pop culture when it comes to mental health with my friend Tara. She's back. Welcome back. Thanks. Now this would be the one, two, three, four, fifth time. Wow. Still longest (laughs) return or the most frequent returning guest. And we have a couple more things that we want to talk about. We might not, again, get to all of them. And if we don't, then there'll be a part three and a part four, um, because this is going to be something that continues to show up. And I was just telling Tara, actually, before we started recording that my hope in talking about this and the reason I'm talking about this isn't really to like make everybody stop doing what is wrong because I don't think we have the ability to do that. But what we are going to do is empower some people to do what is right or to identify what is right for them. So that's really my hope in all this because we can't control all of the people in the world, Mm -hmm. nor would we, would I want that responsibility. The last time Tara was here, we talked about, and if you haven't listened to that episode, I would actually really recommend go listen to that one because we might talk about in the beginning more things that might be helpful in this conversation. Go listen to that one and then come back to this one. You're going to want to listen to both of them anyway. Okay. So once you listen to that, then you'll know that last time she was here, we talked about what abuse really is and some words that might help describe your experience that might not be abuse and then the difference between abandonment and being left and what that means and then today we're going to start with honestly this might be the most common thing out um, there mental yeah. health word yeah buzzword. we're going to talk about self-care what it really is what we think it is why we even as mental health professionals support it do you remember what the first time that you ever like heard the word self-care 
Do you have that experience? I have no idea. My memory does not work well, especially okay. like that. Well, Specifics. the reason I, I guess, remember is because it was to me like, oh, I don't really need that. When I heard about it, it was when well, we learned about it in school, in grad school. And it was like one of our foundations class. And our, our instructor was talking to us about self-care and as as mental health professionals, why we need to practice self-care. Oh, yeah, it was. It was about us. Yeah. It was and so much. That's how I first learned about yeah. it. It was like, you've got to do your self-care if you're going to be a, a helping professional or you're going to get burnt out right. and you're not going to survive right. in a career. And my thought was, oh, yeah, well. I see why that would fit for other people, but like, I'm really fine. Like, I think that I'm like mentally strong and how could I ever get burnt out of doing this job? I've always like, I'm so excited to do this job. And then I started to do this job and I was like, oh, like I get why I need this and why it actually should be a requirement because the job that we have and the responsibility we have is really sacred. And it brings me back to us talking earlier about the therapist that fell asleep so weeks ago three weeks ago at this point um i had tony collier on who talked about her therapist that fell asleep and i was like i cannot believe that that you hear those stories but like you're like i didn't fall asleep you're exaggerating but like this therapist really fell asleep on her and so that's that experience i'm like that guy might have been burnt out like who knows yeah but we have to take our jobs really seriously and because of that that's part of the job, even though it might not be in the description that you get when you sign a contract that like literally is part of the job when you actually become a licensed health professional. And I think that can fit into a lot of jobs. For sure. I just know more about this one because that's what I do. For sure. So I want to hear from you kind of your experience of how self-care is being talked about mm-hmm. or kind of floated around in the world and what you see the difference between what is being put out there and what you really know it as. Yeah. There's a couple of things that come to mind. One of them is that it kind of feels like a simple pill that Mm. can be thrown at problems like, and especially severe mental health problems. It feels like in the popular culture, mental health world, it's like world. It's like you need self-care. And it feels like one of those, like, uh, what, what are like those catch self-help, all. Oh, yeah. catch-all, just quick solution to what are usually much bigger problems. Like I self-cared my way out of depression or yes. I self-cared my way out of... Yes. Okay. So that feels like it's over. It's like a really simple solution to things that are much more complex. Mm-hmm. So that I see happening sometimes and that, that feels like we got way more work to do than self-care while of course it's 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 part of every answer i think the and then the other thing that comes to mind is just like the kit it's kitschy it's marketable oh yeah think about all of this the products (laughs) yeah that are promoted now as like self-care tools that's right even from I'm not going to give specific examples because I don't want to call companies out, but even from like these companies that really look like they're doing a good job of helping people, it's a fad. So I'm going to jump on that fad. I'm going to capitalize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what happens in this capitalistic yeah, society that we live in. <laughs> uh, and, and so then there's that. And mm-hmm. then it becomes like all distorted. You know, mm-hmm. how can it? It's not really a pure thing anymore once there's an agenda mm-hmm. that I'm going to capitalize and profit off of your quote unquote mental mm-hmm. health, your mental wellness. Yeah. Then I think there's just people throwing it on whatever they did whatever that they was want. fun that day. <laughs> like, you know, um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm out 
you know, doing a, a beer crawl, hashtag yeah. self-care. Right. Uh, and, and so it just gets, it gets thrown around with no real clear definition of what it is. It's like, is it that? Is it just having fun mm. in whatever way you have fun? Is it something, you know, that I need to buy products to have in my life? Is mm. it something that is as simple as, you know, taking a hot bath? I don't know. I think the two things I heard in that is one, because we've thrown it on so many things, it's kind of, it has lost the essence of its meaning. Mm-hmm. And two, it just kind of feels like contradictory of like, it's become this thing that it has too much power, right? So this bath, this bubble bath is going to solve my depression. It's That's going right. to clear it all up. If I just do this every day for a week, I should be good to go. And it's like, well, I don't know that that's if if that actually was the solution to depression, I would be so upset right now because <laughs> I would be like, I have wasted so much time mm-hmm. when there was such a simple solution. And again, going back to the conversation we had last time you're here is everything is so nuanced. It, it's not that simple. Sure. So I want to hear from you and then we'll like tease this out of like what to you is self-care? Why do we as mental health professionals support it and encourage it and what could categorize as or be in that category as self-care and do we need to buy any products that you've seen out there? <laughs> I'm not going to do promotion okay. for people for free they could pay me if they want that um, well a word that I was thinking of as we were talking about this notion earlier was nourishment mm. and that can be some of the kind of maintenance area of things that that are simple like mm-hmm. do we sleep a certain amount of hours do we eat but also i think it nourishment feels more focused and intent and strategic like things that you know i may eat but what do i eat you know is it nourishing my body in the ways that my body would be most functional, like with nutrients Mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things. So I think that can be a way that teases out what is self-care, like how am I nourishing myself? And in particular, all the like deeper parts of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, like my spiritual self, my emotional self, my physical self, my relational self, my sexual self, what actually nourishes those Mm -hmm. things. And that is what I think makes it different from person to person you know a certain behavior you talked about getting nails done Mm -hmm. feels really nourishing because maybe someone doesn't have a lot of money and they only do that in really really like a certain amount of times a year Mm -hmm. and they don't get to experience that kind of care to their bodies Mm -hmm. really readily and so that feels so nourishing to them whereas someone else is like this is functional. It's a task. It's a task. Yeah. It's, you know, I mm-hmm. do it and I like, I'm glad that I do it, but it's not really fulfilling mm-hmm. like a care of nourishment to myself. Yeah. So that's one of the first things that I would start to define self-care yeah. is like, what am I nourishing? And even that's where it's like, I think things like drinking or happy hours or whatever start to get busted up a little bit. And of course, they're both it's not black or white it's not never nourishing to do Mm -hmm. those things sometimes it is Mm -hmm. as a person who does those things Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes it is nourishing to me to have fun to connect to laugh to be in an environment to feel looseness Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the nourishment that I actually am in most need of like a social fun environment and sometimes it's just another Friday night or, and or actually you don't you're doing those things but you're going out and drinking with your friends but you don't feel the nourishment that's right it, 
it does it feels icky in some way or it's become monotonous yeah. it's just what people do on friday nights mm-hmm. i'm not really getting like fulfillment i'm avoiding emo- you know, then there's the, i'm avoiding yeah. emotional issues or i'm using that to cover things up instead of mm-hmm. nourish them what i was thinking as you were saying that bleeds into this part of self-care where we have begun to use the word as a way to justify behaviors that really don't need to be justified, right? Mm -hmm. So I might feel guilty Mm. about spending a lot of money at the mall one day because I didn't practice good self-control when it comes to my finances. And so I say, whatever, it was self-care, I deserved it. When really, then I still feel that guilt though. And then I'm trying to cover it up, right? So it's that whole idea of like suppressing feelings Mm -hmm. or maybe I I do feel bad about like blacking out at a bar and the next day I'm like, whatever, I deserved a night to just let loose. That was Mm self-care when really it's like, oh, okay. Well, I don't know that we were taught or that I could grab onto the idea that self-care and blacking out at a bar could coexist. And so there's some more conversations to be had within that. But I think one of the big things with self-care that I think where it's losing that meaning, it's it's actually losing the helpfulness of Mm it is when it becomes a justification for avoiding emotions or yeah or a justification for just doing what you also maybe want to do yeah you have to have an excuse for it yeah why do i need permission hey everybody welcome to across generations where the voices of black women unite in powerful conversations i'm your host tiffany cross tiffany cross i want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood friendship wisdom and laughter In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up... (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is he breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. 
I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, what's interesting, though, as I said, like self-care is becoming this justification for emotions. For me, a lot of times, self-care is a tool that helps me be able to cope with my emotions better or easier. I might have a, a really hard experience or maybe I had a, uh, I've been doing a lot of, let's just in the realm of mental health professionals need self-care. Maybe I had a week where I had a re- some really hard sessions. They were good, but they were really hard. And I had to sit with some feelings that were hard to sit with and hear some stories that were hard to sit with. So I engage in self-care in order to care for myself so I can continue to do that job. Rather, I engage in self-care like going on a shopping spree or, or binge drinking to avoid the difficulty that I felt that week. Absolutely. Yeah. I, w- I think a general self-care would in some way feel like a support to yeah. myself, to mm-hmm. whatever I was carrying or to a need that I have. Mm-hmm. It would feel like it was offering that something. Mm-hmm. And sometimes rest or a break from mm-hmm. a hard thing is self-care, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, if, if I've been dealing with a really hard family situation and I need, I'm going to go on vacation to give myself a break because I'm wearing myself mm-hmm. out. I'm still not just moving away and never coming back to it. But so there is a dynamic of of where rest and breaks from are Mm -hmm. needed and are Mm self-care. But I think it's the intention that you bring to it. Am Mm -hmm. I doing this with the complete awareness that this is to actually help me continue Mm -hmm. to manage the situation I'm in, to restore my fuel a little bit on making it through this hard thing that I'm not yet through? Like, And and with that, self-care is not something that is going to cost me in some way when it comes to really anything. So if I'm going to mm-hmm. go out with my friends as kind of a break to having to be in that really hard emotional place all the time, because it's really actually is really hard to feel your feelings 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe I need a little bit of a break. Okay, well, if I'm, we're going to keep using this example blacking out at a bar that's costing me a lot i don't feel good the next day i might have more shame or guilt i might have spent a lot of money that i don't have i might have said things i wish i didn't say and again the next day i'm going to feel depleted Mm -hmm. and less able probably to go and do those things that i needed that break from right so i think that's really important because i talk a lot about how sometimes trashy tv can be Mm -hmm. self-care like i used to do this but i don't which I guess I can now. I don't have cable, so I thought that I couldn't watch Bravo anymore, but I think I can still watch it on Peacock or something. Oh, there's, I don't, there's there somewhere. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but I used to like love The Real Housewives and stuff like that. I haven't watched it in years. 
but a lot of people do that and it's like oh just give me a break from like the drama in my life or whatever it mm-hmm. is and yeah that is a place where you're like actually ignoring your stuff for a second but at the same time after you watch that show i don't think you are feeling a lot of negative consequences yeah i sometimes tell people go watch something funny tonight yeah after a really hard session yes okay give your system you because you actually are nurturing your system okay by letting it have that you're nurturing your system by letting it have a break versus when you're doing something that actually causes you harm you're not nurturing your system going back to that the nurture so important okay so we could keep talking about this but there's something else i want to talk about today while i have you which is self-care is a term, but we're going to talk about some more clinical terms that now have become very uh, mainstream, which feels weird to say. And so I want to talk about a couple main ones. And with that, we have a limited time today. So we even said before we started recording this, that there are some things in here that we could probably just have a 45 minute episode on. And maybe that will happen one day. But I just want you guys to hear this before we start talking about it we have to be somewhat brief. So we're not going to get into all of the nooks and crannies of this that we want to, but we just kind of want to bring it to attention. So there's a couple things and you kind of gave us these to start with. Um, So I want to give you credit for that, but there's a couple of things that we hear over and over and over and over. And as I only have the experience of me. So as a mental health professional, I get these alarm systems in my, in my brain going off. I don't know if it feels like that on the outside, and I'd be actually interested in that too. I don't know the answer. Actually, I can't say this because I want to say that if I didn't work in mental health, I wouldn't know anything about these things. But who's to say that I wouldn't still be interested in learning about them? So I'd be interested in to hear all of that to be said. I'd be interested in, in knowing if these alarms go off in people who are not in the mental health world too. So let me know. You can email me and give me your experience. That would be interesting to me. But so there's these terms or these things, and we're going to talk about them. The first one that we have is bipolar. (laughs) We've all heard somebody say, oh my God, they were so bipolar or "Oh, my ex was bipolar or she was acting. Oh, the weather is so bipolar. Yes. Okay. What I think people mean by that Mm -hmm. is one thing that it isn't. So I think when people says like the weather's bipolar, it was really cold and the next day it was hot or it was raining and storming and whatever. And then the next day it was beautiful. It's like erratic. These, like erratic, drastic, dramatic changes from black to white. Unpredictable. Unpredictable. Who would have known? And we do that with people too. Mm-hmm. We have somebody who doesn't have a lot of emotional regulation or we don't know what goes on with somebody. Maybe we saw them and they were in a good mood. And the next time we saw them that day, they were crying mm-hmm. or they were pissed off. And so oh, she was being so bipolar today mm-hmm. is something that mm-hmm. might come out of somebody's mouth. Mm-hmm. I get why somebody would think that. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about why that doesn't actually fit and why that actually is harmful to use that language. Yeah, gosh, this is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have people who are super close to my life who have bipolar disorder. So this is as a clinical term, which I I don't know if the word bipolar exists Let's in its up. own world. Uh, it's not really common American language. So let's just not even give, <laughs> I don't want to give anyone permission to use it as a non-clinical term. Because really the only reference we have for it in the West is a mental health disorder. 
so someone is not bipolar, just like someone is not depression or someone is not PTSD. They have mm-hmm. bipolar disorder and it is a chemical disorder in the brain. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. And so because brain chemistry has a lot of imbalances and over and under of lots of specific chemicals that regulate a lot of different things in human behavior are going haywire or are abnormal. Um, they're basically over or under functioning in the way that uh, a regulated healthy brain would. Lots of behaviors then become dysregulated also. So that would look like sleep is super dysregulated. Mm -hmm. If you're in a manic side of bipolar disorder, you won't need a lot of sleep. You're going to have a whole, whole, whole lot of energy going on. You might need two hours of sleep a night, and you can do that for long periods of time, which we know that also distorts reality when we don't Mm -hmm. sleep. Our brains get super unclear and irrational. Mm -hmm. You are going to feel like great. (laughs) You're so happy and on top of the world. You've got the best ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, You think that you can kind of do anything, invincibility, grandiosity, that Mm kind of thing. Your rapid speech going really quick. Everything's sped up. And in a pretty you know, a pretty happy way. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of violent or behavior is not super associated with manic episodes. It's not something that's even a part of the DSM, actually, violent behaviors, maybe erratic. Mm -hmm. And so you may accidentally kind of like be aggressive, but you are just being intense and Mm -hmm. passionate. And then the other side of it is depression. So bipolar, that's the nature is you kind of swing from a really, really high, high intense state of mania and then you're going to crash eventually over a period of time. These also last at least in rapid cycling bipolar disorder. Three days is the shortest amount of time Which for is an episode. really important for people to hear. Not this morning and tonight. Yeah. You would not be manic and depressed in the same day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not mania. And Let alone the same conversation. That's right. So these are states that mm-hmm. your brain is stuck in for a prolonged period of time, which is why it becomes so dysregulated and dysfunctional to the system um, and to our behaviors. And so after usually a week, sometimes even longer, someone will then start to down grade into depression and this is i think the body's way of actually trying to get a balance because it knows that Mm -hmm. it just went way way high and it's going to take you way way low to try to get homeostasis back in and then you're going to be in the irrationality of depression which is hopelessness and maybe suicidality and things that also are not a healthy rational way of looking at yourself or the world Um, but you're stuck and so you can't function well in that side of things. And then there's middle grounds. People aren't always shifting like every other week. Mm -hmm. They usually have periods of kind of like stabling Mm -hmm. out and then they'll kind of, if they're not medicated, then they'll continue to kind of move through those cycles. That's what it actually is. And I think also, I don't know if you said this, I could have missed it, but there's different kinds of bipolar disorder. So there's also hypomania that isn't uh, to the extreme that you expressed it, which is pretty tricky sometimes because it doesn't, it's because it's not as extreme. Somebody can easily just kind of ignore it or look at it as, oh, I was just like in a good mood. Look, Mm -hmm. my behavior wasn't to that. So, and and we can kind of downplay it. But the point of all that I want you to hear is one chemical imbalance in the brain is a huge part of this. This is not like somebody isn't bipolar. They have a disorder, like like brain disorder thing. 
And I think that should be taken really seriously. The other part I want you to hear is that, again, yeah, this isn't like I was in a conversation with somebody and they were fine and all of a sudden they snapped. That's not somebody being bipolar. That can be something else. That's right. We can talk about that being yeah. something else, but that's not what that is. And I think that one of the reasons that it it, it bothers me is it, it kind of we can poke fun at the disorder. And again, nobody's making fun of somebody for having cancer. Mm -hmm. I, I come back to that all the time of it's really upsetting to me to be sitting with somebody who's like, please don't like. I don't want to have bipolar disorder. Yeah. Like, please don't say that that's what you think it is when it's not for the same reason that somebody doesn't want to be diagnosed with cancer. It's because I don't want to to be that mm -hmm. instead of I don't want to have, I don't want people to think that of me. Mm -hmm. But nobody thinks that somebody's going, well, I can't say nobody. For the most part, we don't think somebody's going to think poorly of our character or who we are as a person when we get, we get diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. And that is, to me, heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And part of that is understanding what it is. Mm -hmm. So then we're not like, oh my gosh, the weather was so bipolar yesterday. Oh, it's so annoying. And then yeah. like somebody's sitting there and you don't know. You don't know that they have bipolar disorder you, and what that sounds like. Because it sounds derogatory. It doesn't yeah. sound like compliment. First no. of all, <laughs> we can hear that yeah. in the tone. There's an inference in what you're saying. There's no empathy. I feel like that's coming to me now as I said that like, when you when somebody gets diagnosed from cancer, very often you'll see them post about it and you'll ask for thoughts and prayers. And uh, there's a lot of outpouring of empathy of, oh, my gosh, like, can I do anything for you? Mm -hmm. Very rarely. I've never seen mm -hmm. somebody post on their Facebook or Instagram recently got diagnosed with bipolar one or bipolar two. And um, I'm going to go I'm, I'm going to try out these different medications to see if they help. It might take a while to find the right combination. But I really appreciate your thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Nobody's like, can I start a meal train for you? Nobody's doing that. Yeah. And I, I and I think that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle. And I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top 
of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody's like, can I start a meal train for you? Nobody's doing that. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's pretty upsetting. Yeah, I've thought about that. Yeah. I think I think it, it, it brings me into a similar um, perspective of addiction, you mm-hmm. know, where the, I think if we treated these kind of mental illnesses, these diagnoses, these diseases, disorders, like medical illnesses, you know, and they're messier, you know, yeah. there's a lot, there's, there's a messier nature to it, because people get affected, relationships are hurt, because it's behavioral. Yeah. And so there's that side of it. But also, you know, if we saw it as a person with an illness, that they didn't choose to have, mm-hmm. and didn't make their brains develop, mm-hmm. um, you know, nobody wants to be addicted to heroin. They get addicted to heroin (laughs) and nobody wants to have bipolar disorder in Mm -hmm. their in in their brain chemistry and they have it and so the other side is like one is absolutely empathy and the other side is and in those disorders even though they didn't choose to have them and they can't necessarily make them stop immediately on their own they are also responsible for the way it affects the people yeah. around them. And so that's part of people's recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, once they can get into a place of stability, when they have the actual treatment that they need to get well, to get stabilized mm-hmm. um, in either of those, then they can address those things. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the mess that can you imagine facing oh, the yeah. things that you've you've said or done, you know, blowing your family's money in a manic episode mm-hmm. and you have children and, you know, like you scared them because you were awake for five days and mm-hmm. you seemed like a crazy person to them. Yeah. That doesn't go away and nobody is going to just say, oh, well, you have a, a brain disorder, so all good. I mean, that's not humans. Yeah. And yeah, there's an empathy to have mm-hmm. on what it means to have not been in control of your body well and there's such a like a cyclical pattern there because as you're speaking i'm thinking of okay well what helps people better able to face those things and better able to take that responsibility well a lot of that that therapy 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's group therap- mm-hmm. therapy, individual therapy, going to treatment. Yeah. And because there's such a stigma and a, a misunderstanding, and this can be harder to diagnose because of those two things, mm-hmm. people are less likely to be in therapy. So they're less likely to actually go and do that. And so the process just continues and there can then continues to be this like moral failing mm-hmm. outlook mm-hmm. That really has to be because we don't have as many people doing the responsibility part. Mm-hmm. So hearing this kind of stuff, I think is it's not going to fix the problem, but it is part of the solution of, of really taking ownership as somebody who I don't have bipolar disorder. Okay, so I can actually learn about it, too, though, because I don't have cancer either. And I know a lot about I don't know a lot, but like I have a general understanding of of what can happen when somebody gets that. Mm-hmm. And so I think it would be really cool for us to as we're destigmatizing a lot of mental health yeah. things instead of just making the word popular, making the actual understanding of the diagnosis popular. Yeah. And that's why this conversation mm-hmm. matters is because if people without being a mental health expert, which you're not unless you're a mental health expert. <laughs> Which is very important for you to say right now. I feel like it shouldn't be, but it is. Um, Without that, um, without like being educated around what these things look like and how to treat them, especially, then you can know as much as you can so that you can get people where they need to get to, Mm -hmm. to get the help that they need. You know, I, some of the people that I've seen have the most success with getting stabilized with bipolar disorder and having recovery and like being episode free. It was people who were happened to be the closest people to them who knew what it was. Mm. They just knew this is a mental health brain disorder. So that guided their steps. I've got to get them to the hospital to, to a psychiatrist. I've got to get them to a therapist. I've got to get them to the to the psychiatric hospital. That's mm-hmm. what I have to do. I know that because I know what this is. Mm. And that gives people, you know, more of a chance. You can't obviously if they're grown up you have don't have a lot of leverage, but you'll at least really know the right direction to push a person into mm-hmm. if you have a clue of what's going on. But if we throw around the word bipolar, like people who are mad one second and upset them the next or, or find them the next second, then someone who's sitting in front of you who's like been up for three days and has like, you know, created a masterpiece painting on their wall and it feels like they're doing great, you know, like they're not taking themselves to no. the hospital. I think that's really important though to say that. Somebody who is in a manic state, you have to remember they're not a they're not a clear headed person mm-hmm. in a manic state. They don't have access no. to rationality. Yeah. So I think that people are like wouldn't somebody know like if you were doing that isn't that like red flag behavior and it's like no you have to catch the red flags way before the red flags show that's up right. yeah, yeah and and that's something that somebody once is diagnosed can like look yeah. at the history of yeah. their behavior and do but yeah it's not it, i got a little small window really yeah. with bipolar disorder that you can try to catch someone on, on, on the come yeah. down is it yeah because they're feeling that's a good moment to come in similar with addiction when they hit a wall and they're like oh i don't feel good what just happened they're kind of looking at the chaos that's say hey oh i think can we take a look at what's been going on can you can you maybe go get help for Mm -hmm. this and really getting them you know a healthy medication regimen is the best is the best option for that person which is a whole has a a lot of barriers in itself but to have a clue what's going on so that you can at least frame that to this person. But yeah, if we think it's, you know, I'm up one second down the next, then I'm going to be sitting in front of someone with a serious mental health disorder, which is bipolar. And I'm not going to really understand it as that. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to feel like I need to, you know, if we throw around bipolar, 
disorder, I'm not going to feel like they need mental health treatment. Right. 100%. Or like a, a significant life change or mm-hmm. a recovery process. The other caution I would just want to say quickly about bipolar disorder using the word is if also what I've seen happen is someone's stable. People have only known a person who's stable, who's not mm-hmm. had episodes. They might disclose that they have bipolar disorder and people will say, no, you don't. <laughs> not you. You're so, yeah. you're so, what do you mean? Like you're so calm, you're so grounded, like you're healthy, you're fine. Just as damaging. That's, well, it's invalidating it's at the super least. super invalidating. So don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell someone that they don't have a diagnosis when they just got vulnerable and told you something really probably intimate about themselves just because. And again, it goes back to the misperception of what is it? It is something that can be treated and regulated. It is. And so, you know, it's like if someone said that they were a recovering addict, you wouldn't be like, I mean, sometimes they say that too. No, you're not. You look so regular, healthy, whatever. And it's like, you're so nice. Whatever. I'm well now. Like I'm, I'm stable now. This is me, just myself. I have a disorder that if not treated, looks like a lot of instability. The reason I'm not in those episodes is because I'm treating it right now, you know? Yeah. So that's another thing that that we can say someone can, mm. d- doesn't have a mental illness because right. it doesn't look the way we think it's supposed to look or we don't understand mm-hmm. what the phases of that are. Well, and I think in the same breath of that is why it's so important to not make fun of mm-hmm. the word or just use it in just like a flippant way is because there are people all around you who have bipolar disorder who are, are regulated. That's right. And when you hear somebody make fun of somebody or call somebody who might just have a mood swing or have had a bad day, I don't know. When you use that language in front of them, again, it's the cyclical nature of which I do not blame them. They are much less likely to hold their diagnosis to themselves. And so you're not going to get that picture of like, wait, like I'm a stable, I'm functioning in society. You're friends with me. Like you're not going to get that and you're not going to have a clear picture. So when you use those words, there are people all around you listening that are, Mm -hmm. uh, that are feel shame. Mm -hmm. Like that's really like, I'm just thinking of myself where I don't have that diagnosis, but I have been in spaces where People would say things about body image or eating disorders or like even s- just anxiety. And like they like say that girl looks anorexic. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Thrown or, around. or like there's plenty of because it's also something that's so nuanced mm-hmm. of people saying things like, oh, God, like negative body comments. And yeah. like I'm less likely to share any of my story with those people because they don't feel safe. And then those people don't get a better understanding of what eating disorders and mm-hmm. just like any of those kind of internal struggles look like. And mm-hmm. so you're not going to be perfect. None of these conversations are about getting the world into a place where we use every word perfectly and we don't yeah. mess up. It's all about, again, empowering us to actually use the language that makes sense to yeah. describe the things that we're seeing and experiencing. And if someone else has it, they're an expert on it. So ask them not, about it. Yeah, like, not, what, what, tell me, yeah. what the heck? What a great response when somebody's like, I, I actually have bipolar disorder. Instead of saying, no, you don't. What a cool way to say like, oh my gosh, I personally never would have guessed that. Can you actually tell me about what that means? Because I must have the wrong idea. Yes. 
educate me. I would be like, oh, sit down. <laughs> I wouldn't because I don't want the butt. Right, right. so, yeah, when it comes to the stuff that I struggle with. So what I think we're going to do, I'm going to, I think I'm going to use this term correctly. I'm going to call an audible, make a game time yeah, decision. I'm in the midst of learning about how like football works. I've never cared. <laughs> and now I'm, I still don't really care, but I'm, uh-huh. I'm trying to learn. Anyway, so I think what we're going to do, because we don't have time to get into anything else and I don't want to rush through something that I find important. Mm-hmm. Do you want to make this like a series? It sounds like a really cool series. Okay, so this is going to be a series <laughs> and you guys are hearing us create the series because there's always going to be new things that come up mm-hmm. and because information is coming out more and we're, we have more access like I talked about in the beginning of all of this, there's always going to be another term or another thing or another what have you that is becoming more popular in our language that needs to kind of be teased out. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep doing this. And I know on the last episode that we did, I said, like, send me in your guesses on what the next couple mm-hmm. things we're going to talk about are. But in lieu of that, I want you guys to actually send in what are the things that you feel like or the words or the terms that you feel like you might say or that you hear all the time that you don't understand or you think are being misused. Mm-hmm. Because we can talk about those things. Yeah. So far, we've done abuse, mm-hmm. abandonment, bipolar, and self care, and self care. Those Ooh, are big ones. Yeah. And I think there's, this there's is many a fun more way to talk about these things. It really is, because I think that like something that you said in the first episode was like you have permission to use the language that that you want to use. And that fits with some things, right? (laughs) That fits with some things. Uh But when it comes to, I think we're also getting into this more clinical space where like, I don't get to actually call myself bipolar when I had a hard day at Mm -hmm. work and I maybe Mm -hmm. cried. I don't get to do that. Yeah. And so there's, again, we're going to use this word over and over again. There's nuance even in that permission Mm -hmm. to call things what feels right. Because sometimes you're just wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And some things are clearly defined. Yeah. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Like bipolar disorder is a specific thing. And if you want think you're you want to look up the dsm-5 every time you want to maybe use it in reference mm-hmm. to your life you can see if it fits mm-hmm. and it probably won't mm-hmm. um so you know there are things that like it's i think with abandonment like we gave a definition of what that mm-hmm. it means a specific thing mm-hmm. so there are words that are a bit a bit more nuanced and can have a, a spectrum of yeah and and you can have permission to use but there are also things that mean something and (laughs) if that doesn't apply then we might need to find a search for another word Mm -hmm. so yeah oh which again i'm gonna stop because we're gonna keep going and and i'm gonna have a thought for everything but yeah that's what we're gonna do so send them in you can send them to if you really want me to see what you are sending me send it to katherine at uniontherapypodcast.com you can send it on instagram but I'm less likely to see it. So please don't. Sometimes I get emails from you guys that, that say like, I damned you and I never heard back. And that's because I don't really spend a ton of time on that Instagram. And I don't go through a lot of, they get sent to a different folder. And so I just miss them. But if you send them to my email, I will not miss it. So again, Catherine at uniontherapypodcast.com. You can follow me if you want to just like see stuff about the podcast on Instagram, Unitherapy Podcast, and my um, personal account is at cat.defada. Do you want people to follow you? 
No. Okay. <laughs> I had a feeling <laughs> um, that you'd just like to hang out by yourself over there. Right. Um, but yeah, so be expecting more of these. I don't know when they'll happen, but they will happen because I am actually getting a lot out of this. And I hope you guys are too. Thank you, Tara, Thanks, for doing Kat. this. It's fun. And I and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.